The Art of Leadership Network. If you imagine yourself getting rejected or failing at something, right? Just think for a moment what's the first thought you have, right? Without trying to think of what's the first thought, but when you put yourself in a situation where you're getting rejected or you fail at something or something doesn't go your way, just think for a minute about the first thought you have. For me, most of my life, it's been, yep, there's proof you're not enough. Mm. Um, When I've asked this question in rooms of leaders and CEOs, some of the answers that come out that are so honest and vulnerable are things like, what was, why did I even try? I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm a loser. I'm not enough. All these different, why did I even try? Who did I think I was? I mean, these are real. I, I once had a room of CEOs crying and I was like, whoa. Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. It's Carrie here, and I hope our time together today helps you thrive in life and leadership. I think it's going to. Jamie Kern Lima is on the podcast, and we talk about all kinds of fascinating and timely subjects. Why do the most successful people seem to struggle the most with their self-esteem? We're going to talk about overcoming failure and rejection, the difference between self-confidence and self-worth. If it doesn't sound like anything to you, hang on. When she told me, it rocked my world. And the real reason success is never enough to satisfy you. So today's episode is brought to you by the Art of Leadership Academy. So I created the Art of Leadership Academy to equip church leaders with practical resources, guidance, and connections you can't find anywhere else. You can visit theartofleadershipacademy.com to join today. And by Glue, let Glue's Discover help you plan an Easter experience that allows you to focus on what truly matters, connecting with your people. Make it an experience, not just a service this Easter. Go to glue.us slash marketplace to learn more. Well, today's conversation is fascinating because Jamie Kern Lima is the author of the book, Worthy, How to Believe You Are Good Enough and Transform Your Life. She's the New York Times bestselling author of Believe It, a guest teacher of the Life You Want class with Oprah Winfrey, the founder of It Cosmetics, a company she started in her living room and grew to the largest luxury makeup brand in the country. She sold the company to L'Oreal in a $1.2 billion deal and became the first female CEO of the brand in its 100 plus year history. Her love of customers, her remarkable authenticity and belief eventually landed her on the Forbes America's Richest Self-Made Women's List. She's also an active philanthropist who has funded leadership training in more than 100 prisons and shelters across the U.S. and donated over $40 million in product and funds to help women face the effects of cancer with confidence. And she's also donating 100% of her proceeds of both the Worthy and Believe It books. And today she brings it. So this is a shorter than normal interview. And we felt really privileged to have it because she is not granting many on this book launch. She told me she's just doing a handful. She chose us because she loves our tribe. So we've got about just 30 minutes or so, but we do as much as we possibly can. And I promise you, it's worth every minute. Some of the stats she shares and also some of the insights uh, blew my mind. And they've been very helpful for me to frame my own journey. And I hope they're going to help you too. And make sure you share this episode with people that you're close to. So over the last few years, I've been working with a personal trainer and he's helped me hit my fitness goals. And the reason I do that is because I tried for years on my own and guess what? It doesn't work. I need a coach to help me navigate the daily task of what do I eat? How do I work out? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, 
If you're looking to get better in your leadership and level up and get a coach, you should check out the Art of Leadership Academy. I created the Academy to equip church leaders with practical resources, guidance, and connections you can't find anywhere else. And most importantly, the confidence and clarity to keep moving forward with your mission. So whether you've spent 10 minutes or 10 years in ministry, know that there is a boatload of challenges that seminary just doesn't prep you for. So ask yourself this, what would it look like for you to stop worrying and agonizing about everything you're stressed about in ministry? The next time your church starts getting stuck, you simply open up the app and the answer is a video, guide, post, or DM away. And yes, it's me in the academy and I interact with members there every single day. So to join today, visit theartofleadershipacademy.com. You'll get instant access to all of my online training programs, plus an amazing private online community. Again, that is theartofleadershipacademy.com, or click the link in the description of this episode. And believe it or not, Easter is right around the corner. And whether you're refining your sermon as a lead pastor, planning the worship experience, or juggling a multitude of tasks as the church administrator, well, you probably already started prep, or hopefully you have, for that big day. And that's why I'm excited to share something tailor-made for leaders just like you. It's called Glues Discover. You're all in one marketplace with everything leaders need to do impactful ministry. Easter gets special attention, it always should, and Discover is your go-to destination for everything you need from powerful worship music to engaging kids curriculum that brings the Easter story to life. It's all right there. So let Discover help you plan an experience that allows you to focus on what truly matters, connecting you with your people, your visitors, and your community. Make this Easter an experience by going to glue.us slash marketplace. That's G-L-O-O dot U-S slash marketplace. And now my conversation with Jamie Kern Lima. Jamie, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Grateful to be here. It's going to be a fun episode. Powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's going to be a great half hour together. So you open your book, your new book, Worthy. Uh, which I think is fantastic. We're going to talk about some of the ideas in it with some shocking statistics. Like I read it and I'm like, ooh, ooh, not good. Can you explain who you dedicated the book to and and why? Yes. So, you know, the book opening, here's what I've learned is whether it's in our leadership or our business or our relationships, so often our our self-worth is our ceiling um, to all of it. And yeah, the statistics are staggering. So I dedicate this book, uh, to the 80% of women who do not believe they're enough. Uh, 73% of men who feel inadequate or not enough. Uh, the 91% of girls and women who don't love their body, the 75% of female executives who deal with imposter syndrome. And, you know, I I talk about in the dedication how when we believe we are not enough as as who we are um, and uh, that underneath it all, there's a lot of lies that we have to unlearn that lead to self-doubt. And the book is all about how to build self-worth and how you know, how that impacts in so many ways, your leadership, um, your uh, uh, business, your goals, your dreams, uh, because so often when it comes to any of the things we want in life, we don't become what we want. We become what we believe we're worthy of. 
And that for a lot of people is such a huge revelation because, um, and you know, I go deep into, you know, the difference between self-worth and self-confidence and how they're very different, but you need both. And one without the other can bring a lot of achievement, but not a lot of fulfillment. And so, yeah, this is, you know, for me, it's the the best work of my life, right? A lot of people mm. think like, oh, wow, you built a business in your living room and built it, you know, you were a Denny's waitress and you built a billion dollar business. And there's a lot of things that almost didn't happen because I didn't think I was worthy of them. And when I really try to look at the tools and the skill sets of, you know, how did I do that? How do I continue to, 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 to stop being tempted to doubt myself out of my own destiny. <laughs> and mm. a lot of it is these tools and frameworks and things that I've applied in my life to believe I'm worthy of those things and worthy of being in a CEO role, worthy of leading a team, you know, all of that, whether, because we can be crushing it on the outside and have everything look so good to everyone else. But when internally we feel inadequate or not enough, it can truly impact our decision-making. It can impact how we handle challenges. It can impact how we lead a team. It can impact our own relationships. So, you know, self-worth, when I say self-worth is your ceiling, um, you know, self-worth is is truly in so many ways, the one thing that can change everything. And there's a whole, I won't get ahead of the conversation, but, you know, so much of my self-worth I get from my faith. And I feel like that is one of the greatest shortcuts. Um, but a lot of people, you know, are really are really proud of how strong their faith is, um, and yet they still feel inadequate all of the time. And and so um, and so we go into into hacks on how to how to how to leverage believing what God says um, <laughs> and His Word so that you feel you belong in the room and in the leadership role and everything else. So I'm really, really excited about the book. And thank you so much for having me on to talk about it. And I know it's going to bless so many people. So I'm really excited. Well, I think it's going to bless a lot of people because most of us struggle with self-confidence, self-worth. And I want to get to, I want to put a pin in that and get to that Mm -hmm. crucial distinction uh, in a few minutes. But I want to go back to your own story. Do you remember how old you were or what situation you were in life when you first realized, this could be a little girl, teenage years, whatever, that you were struggling with self-confidence? I think there's one moment I can remember, and maybe a lot of people actually will have this moment in common. Because I think a lot of us have this experience when we, as little kids, we, you know, have opinions and know the answers and this and that. I I remember more than one moment where this happened, but I think the first moment is the most powerful. And, and maybe a lot of people listening to us have had this moment. I can remember as a little kid, like the first time in the classroom, knowing the answer and for the first time ever deciding not to raise my hand. Like the first time self-doubt kind of like took over and I had thoughts like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I get made fun of? What if all of that, right? And I think for a lot of us, we start, self-doubt can get so loud and all of a sudden before you know it, we're adults and parents and grandparents and we're still in a spot where we can again be having all kinds of worldly success but no, deep down inside, we're still not raising our hand. 
And, and what that can look like is, oh, my business is doing so phenomenally well, but I actually have these really like God-sized dreams about it or different types of ideas for it, but I'm, I'm afraid to actually put them out there or take a chance just in case I fail. I think who I am with these ideas maybe isn't enough. Maybe I'm inadequate to actually lead my team to that next level. So we, we're, so many of us are still that person, still not raising our hand, even though we're able to check enough boxes around us to hide it. And so, you know, uh, for me, I can remember, I can remember when self-doubt started to kick in. And then, uh, and then I remember a number of moments in my career and I know you go deep on your show, deep on your podcast. (laughs) Um, but you know, and maybe a lot of people listening can relate to this, especially people in a leadership position, um, or who's leading a team is, you know, I found myself in many moments in my life knowing how to do enough to do that well, but also knowing deep down inside, uh, I didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't, I felt often like I'm an, I'm an imposter. Do I have what it takes to do this? Uh, and there were many moments where I did doubt myself out of my own destiny. So I think while a lot of people might know my story is, you know, Denny's waitress builds billion dollar business, um, or first woman to hold a CEO title in L'Oreal's history of any brand in their hundred plus year history. My real story is a girl who went from not believing in herself to learning how to believe in herself. And, you know, my first book, Believe It, is really my journey of learning how to how to believe in myself. But Worthy is really the playbook on how do you believe in you. And it's packed with over 20 tools um, that are real tactical that you can really apply to your life right now. Like I think of the rejection framework, but for, for an example in the book. And, you know, a lot of people will ask, well, how did you, you know, endure years and years and years of rejection building your business. And, you know, a lot of people don't know we were teetering on bankruptcy for many years. A lot of people just kind of know the success story. Wow. It's now one of the largest, you know, uh, companies in that space. But for many years, it was rejection after rejection. And I think, you know, learning how to to deal with that is is such a powerful thing and also how to almost embrace it in a, in, a, in a fearless way, how to reframe past rejections so we don't let them take root and start to think that we're a failure, which can then take root in our self-worth. And so, yeah, I packed it with lots and lots of tools on hopefully that everyone can apply to their lives right now. Um, because, you know, one of the things I say in the book is that, you know, when it comes to your business or your leadership or your life or your relationships or your goals and dreams, that 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 we don't soar to the level of our goals and dreams. We stay stuck at the level of our self-worth and mm-hmm. and we don't rise to what we believe is possible. We, we fall to what we believe we're worthy of. And so, um, you know, when you build your self-worth, it's just one of the most, and doing that through faith and doing that through a whole lot of other tools, because at the end of the day, building strong self-worth is not about learning new things. It's actually about unlearning. <laughs> it's about unlearning a lot of the lies that lead to self-doubt and then igniting those truths that wake up worthiness. So, yeah. So you're no stranger to rejection and you've talked about it very openly, even when you were moving from the Denny's waitress to starting your own cosmetic company, uh, you got rejected so many times and it's not like you applied to QVC and got that famous 10 minutes where 
you sold out the product in an instant. You had a lot of rejections to that point. And I'm still talking, Jamie, to leaders on a regular basis who get one, they have, write a manuscript, send it to a publisher. Publisher's like, nah, going to pass. And they're crushed. They can't get past that one rejection. How did you learn to handle multiple, multiple rejections in your life mm. and yet not quit? Yeah, it is so true what you're saying, Carrie. It's like, what, you know, we get one no or five no's or 20 mm. no's. And then we think like, oh, you know, if God's closing all these doors, they may, they must not be for me. Or, right. you know, why do I, and, and by the way, I went through a lot of this in the years of building at cosmetics, like I would get no after no after no. And some of them were so painful. And I would sit there and I would pray and I'd be like, every time I'd pray and get still, I would feel that kind of still small voice, that gut feeling, that knowing that says like, I'm supposed to be doing this. And I would literally ask God, why do I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this? And yet every door is closing around me. Every person that is an expert or visionary or touted visionary is telling me that this isn't going to work. And yet every time I get still, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. And mm -hmm. one thing I would say for anyone who has dealt with a lot of setbacks or seasons of rejection or hard times, or, you know, I think that knowing that we all have uh, we all get no's and we all have a knowing. And I just remember, I believe one of the critical things um, that we can all do is when we pray, when we get still, and when we wait to hear that feeling that however however it works for everyone, it might be different. Um, for me, I just get a strong feeling um, and knowing. And I made the decision to trust it through all the years when mm. things weren't going well, um, through all the years I was getting no's from everyone else. And I realized there are these situations where I had to go, okay, I'm getting no's from this potential investor. This retailer store just said no. Another person just said no. I'm starting to tell myself no, but when I pray and get still, I get a knowing. And every one of us has this. And I believe our life, our leadership, all of our decision-making uh, and how that turns out will come down to which one we listen to. Do we listen to all the no's, even the ones we're telling ourselves, or do we listen to our knowing? And it is the single greatest, I think, reason why uh, so many of the, the, the most important moments in my life or the most important ways I've contributed to others or the greatest things I've built have come to fruition. It's praying, getting still and trusting that knowing over all the knows, even, even the ones I'm telling myself. Um, and then in terms of rejection, you know, there's an entire, so this is a true story I'll share. There's an entire yeah. chapter in Worthy called When You Change Your Relationship with Rejection, You Change Your Entire Life. And this was its own book. So this book about rejection was its own book, but I did not want to wait another two years to publish it after Worthy. I'm like, it. people need this now because exactly what you said. So many of us, you know, mm -hmm. even really incredibly accomplished leaders and people in different fields get rejections and think like, oh, it's some indication of your potential success. And it is not. And, and the other thing is that a lot of us let our rejections or past mistakes or failures take root at an identity level. And we start to think we're a re reject or we're a mm. failure. And that's when it starts to chip away at your self-worth and it can impact your 
decision-making in business. It can impact your leadership. And so there's a whole chapter called, uh, when you change your relationship with rejection, you change your life. And I go into how I have become not only fearless, but I embrace and see rejection as something that's empowering. Um, and there's a four-part framework in this chapter about how, uh, how to do this. But, but, you know, really quickly, just to, just yeah. to, for everyone listening, um, if every, if you imagine, um, you know, yourself getting rejected or failing at something, right? Just think for a moment, what's the first thought you have, right? Without, trying to think of what's the first thought, but when you put yourself in a situation where you're getting rejected or you fail at something or something doesn't go your way, just think for a minute about the first thought you have. For me, most of my life, it's been, yep, there's proof you're not enough. Mm. Um, When I've asked this question in rooms of leaders and CEOs, some of the answers that come out that are so honest and vulnerable are things like, what was, why'd I even try? I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough. I don't have what it takes. I'm a loser. I'm not enough. All these different, ver- why'd I even try? Who did I think I was? I mean, these are real. I, I once had a room of CEOs crying and I was like, whoa. Like, I think a lot of people, but here's why I'm asking that question for everyone yeah. listening to us, whatever your Powerful. answer was, that, right, for me, it was, oh, yep, there's proof I'm not enough. That is your current definition of rejection and failure. And as human beings, we are wired to avoid pain at all costs. And so when we associate, you know, something really painful with fear of rejection or failure, it keeps us stuck. We won't go for the thing. We won't put our idea out there. We won't launch the business plan. We won't send that manuscript to another publisher again and on and on and on. We won't raise our hand and share the idea because last time it didn't go well and on and on and on. And so I remember in building at Cosmetics after literally so many rejections, um, I remember one night just being like overwhelmed with just feel, starting to feel hopeless. And I started Googling all of the people I admire most in business, in leadership, uh, in, in who have you know shifted um, culture, who have helped you know move humanity forward, and and all of the great leaders of faith. And when you Google any one of them, what I realized is, oh my gosh, they have all had so many rejections and failures. They're just the brave ones, willing to keep going, anyways. And that day I wrote out in my journal, rejection does not mean I'm not enough. Rejection's a victory. It means I'm not sitting my life on the sidelines, watching everyone else, like, and then living in regret. I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. And so I started assigning new meanings to rejection. And every time I would get another rejection, my default would go back to the, yep, I'm not enough. And I would catch myself and I would redefine it in my life. And, and, and I'd remind myself, no, no, no. This rejection means I'm one of the brave ones willing to go Mm. for it. And I believe that to be true. And I started building a toolkit of new definitions of rejection that every time I faced one, I would remind myself, this is what it means. And I believed it. So, you know, rejection is God's protection. Rejection is means I'm putting in the reps. I'm building the muscle to carry the weight of this, you know, success when it comes. And I would literally start to embrace rejection. So if you can imagine, I'm sitting there with no money and a dream, a God-sized dream, (laughs) a knowing that says I'm supposed to keep going. 
And I go through three years of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rejections. And I started applying this four-part framework to them that I go deep into and worthy on how to do this. And and the third one, just really fast to share is, because this is one of the most important ones, the third R in the four-part framework is to revisit past rejections and failures and assign a new meaning to them that you believe because a lot of us are letting past mistakes or business failures or leadership failures or social media issues, like a lot of us are letting past setbacks uh, stick to us and take mm-hmm. root in our identity. And like I shared earlier, instead of thinking, oh, that was a failure, we think I'm a failure. And yes. we don't realize, and some of these things maybe happened when we were growing up, but they stuck to us. And learning how, and I go into worthy how to do this and revisit uh, uh, past rejections and failures and, and, and A, become aware of the meaning we're assigning them in our lives and then reassigning a new meaning. And you know, one of my favorite, I love doing this because it helps uh, 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 uproot them from taking root in our self-worth and in our identity. Um, and, you know, I've done this in my life and I still continue to. Like I, I used to think being adopted for the longest time, uh, the story I told myself about being adopted was like, oh, I was rejected. I was abandoned. I was given away. I was unwanted. And I did this framework in my life over that. And it's changed everything. Because when we believe something about our identity, it impacts our leadership. It impacts our relationships. It impacts you know every part of our life. And I reframed all of it to definitions I know and believe to be true, which is like, oh, I, I wasn't you know abandoned and unwanted. I was chosen by God to even come into this world. My birth mom chose to have me. She didn't need to. Her life would have been so much easier if she didn't have me. And then I was chosen by my adoptive parents to raise me. And it's that new belief has fundamentally changed everything. And the last one I'll share, just in case someone needs to hear this today, and you and I have talked about this actually at Global Leadership Summit, but um, my favorite one of all time, I actually use this almost every day, but for anyone listening to us who has maybe a past mistake or failure or, or even a recent one, you're applying for the job you wanted so bad and you don't know why you didn't get it and they didn't see your value or the the friend that betrayed you or the partner that pulled out the rug from underneath you or you weren't invited to something and you don't know why and it's hurt your feelings or you put your, you're trying to become, make new friends and you put yourself out there with a new potential friend and you're like, why don't they want to be my friend? And so I literally, instead of going to my default of, oh yeah, I'm not enough. Uh, like one of my, I'll pull a, a tool out from the toolkit and, and redefine any of that in real time. And one of my favorite definitions is, I will literally imagine God saying this to me. I will imagine him saying, oh, you weren't rejected. I hid your value from them because they're not assigned to your destiny. And I will believe that, Carrie. I will believe it. And it frees me. It frees me to being just basically fearless of, of rejection and failure. Now, I've got a lot of other issues in my life I am always working <laughs> on, but fear of rejection and failure is not one of them. And when we hear that famous saying, success leaves clues, I think, mm. you know, building this billion dollar business, like learning to not fear rejection. So for the person you're talking to who sent their manuscript out once and you let someone else's know about you impact your, you know, your own self-doubt, learning how to reframe that 
right? And, and keep mm-hmm. going because you, it's never, rejection's almost never personal. And it's almost never an indication that your idea or your dream isn't going to work. And so I think this four part framework on rejection, um, it's one of 20 tools and worthy on, on how to build self worth. And I, I hope it adds a lot of value to everyone who gets their hands on it because everything in life is really in so many ways the meaning we assign to it. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited for people who read Worthy and then the businesses that'll be launched, the ideas that'll be shared, the manuscript that'll be sent out the 350th time until it gets a publisher. Like that is the victory. That is the Absolutely. victory. So the <laughs> one concept I'd be remiss not to go over before we wrap up that really made me stop in my tracks when you shared it at GLS. And obviously Worthy wasn't out yet and it's at the heart of the yeah. book, but yeah. the difference between self-confidence and self-worth. Mm. And I felt like, honestly, Jamie, I think I told you this after, I felt like my life flashed before my eyes because I've spent years trying to disentangle who I am from what I do. And you know, Mm. if you're leading something, that's really difficult, like, because it's an abstract game. But your categories, and you have such a gift of just making complicated things simple without being simplistic, Mm self-confidence, self-worth. Can you talk mm-hmm. about where each comes from and what the difference yes. is and why that matters? Yes. And it's funny because if I just heard someone say, oh, can you talk about the difference? I'd think, why is that such a powerful concept? But then when you get it, you're like, oh, whoa, this is, you see your whole life unfolding before you. Exactly what you just said. Exactly what uh, happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so many of us think we need more self-confidence, but what we really need is self-worth. And they are so so different. And a lot of us, me, most of my life, I thought they were the same and uh, they are so different. And, and here's the thing is for anybody who has ever had a goal or a dream or thought, when I finally get that thing, then I'm going to be happy and fulfilled. When I finally get that job title, that leadership role, that number in the bank account, the six pack abs, you know, when I memorize every Bible verse, when I, you know, uh, get married and have kids, whatever it is, that's a goal or a dream. And then you think when you get to that place, you're going to feel a sense of fulfillment. And then you get there. And then for a lot of us, we're like, okay, I was really happy for a, a minute, but now I feel like something's missing and I'm back to feeling like, I'm not enough. And so our solution to that is I just got to work harder. I got to level up and do the next thing and the next thing. And we have this never ending cycle. And what we don't realize is that in the pursuit of all those things, while they're very important to fulfillment because we're growing and a lot of times contributing to others, we're building a lot of self-confidence in the pursuit of all those things, but none of them build Mm self-worth, which is completely different. And for anybody who has achieved a lot, who has, you know, had a lot of hopes and dreams and uh, in their leadership and their business, et cetera, but feels like in their faith, but still feels like, why is this feeling like it's not enough? Like, like, like I'm not enough, like something's missing. And by the way, a lot of people will leave a job because they think something's missing or a, they'll leave a marriage. A or, spouse, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, totally. spouse, they feel like, oh, something's missing in my marriage. It must be my partner. And they don't realize, oh, actually, I don't have self-worth. <laughs> and mm-hmm. let me just explain the difference in a big way and like what to do about it. Because And how do you know if it's an issue in your life? So self-confidence 
uh, while an internal trait is so much based on the external. Our self-confidence fluctuates. It's fragile. It's how we assess our skills and abilities, our willingness to try and go for it, how we feel we stack up and measure uh, against others. Um, you know, how much of the our definition of success we think we have, if we're winning or losing. And they do studies that show like the boxer is 30% more confident uh, when he wins the match. And our confidence is fragile and all the things that we learn from the world uh, uh, will make us happy, uh, like the dream car, or the bank account, or the six-pack abs, or the relationship status. Like all of those things build confidence and they fluctuate and et cetera. None of them build self-worth. Self-worth is the deep internal knowing and belief that we are fully worthy of love and belonging exactly as we are, not like exactly as God made us, not as our past mistakes or failures or, you know, regrets, not as our successes and wins, but exactly as we are. And a couple things about this that, you know, a lot of people worry, well, well, wait a minute, if I believe I'm enough as I am, exactly as God made me, am I going to lose my ambition? Am I going to lose my edge? It's like, no, actually you get so much more ambitious because the our self-worth is our ceiling. And the higher your self-worth, like, you know, you're, you're so much more likely to go for things. You know, if like, oh, I fall flat on my face, it goes horribly, miserably. It might shake my confidence, but it cannot touch my self-worth. Because our self-worth is internal, it's rock solid. And I like to kind of explain it like our self-confidence is this house that we're building with all the rooms and the artwork and the things, we, all of this, the stuff on the outside. But our self-worth is the foundation, right? And, and, and our house is only ever as, as rock solid, as, the, as stable as the foundation that it's built upon. And when we learn like, oh my gosh, I thought, because for me, my whole life, I thought if I achieved enough, then I would finally feel enough, only to spend decades achieving a whole lot of stuff and never feel enough. And the way to feel enough is to build strong self-worth because then you're actually fulfilled. You're feeling fulfilled while you're still pursuing all of the things because your identity is not tied up in them. And, and that's so important. And, and, and really quick, the, the three big ways that, that self-worth can show up, struggles with self-worth can show up in our lives because it's deceiving right to the world. We can be crushing it in our in our job in our leadership in in our level of worldly success it, all the things but and i know this from experience as well but then deep down inside internally still feel like we're not enough and like something's missing and so the three kind of main ways it shows up is if you have you know really low self-worth that often will look like we're stuck and we don't know why and 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 we want to write a book, but we just haven't started. We we want to launch the company or or raise our hand, but we're not sure why we're doing it. And we tell ourselves stories often like, oh, I've just got to get more experience. I got to get more skill set. I've got to, you know, and that might be true. That might be true. A lot of times the underlying deep reason that we're not, that we're stuck is that we actually don't believe we're worthy of the thing happening. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, we want to find a partner in our life but we aren't getting on the dating app or we're not going out and socializing or we're not 
going in person to church on Sunday or whatever it might be. And we think, you know, we don't realize, oh, it's deep down inside. We don't actually believe we're worthy of the thing. So that's usually how low self-worth, low to medium self-worth looks like you'll go for the thing, you'll put yourself out there, but you'll hit a ceiling. And, and, and you don't know why, like you, you, you want to grow your business to six figures, but you keep hitting a ceiling at four figures or five, or, or you meet a potential partner. And this is the other way medium self-worth shows up is that we'll go for the thing, but we'll sabotage it. I was going to say, it sounds like sabotage. Yeah. You'll, you'll meet a potential partner and and they're great. And you'll put them in the friend zone and not be attracted to them and not know why. Or you'll write the whole manuscript, but then you won't send it out and you'll scroll Instagram for eight hours a day. We will sabotage things when we don't believe we're worthy of them. And then the way medium to high self-worth shows up, which is for a lot of achievers, a lot of leaders, a lot of, you know, a lot of um, ambitious people is that you'll go for it. You'll achieve the thing. The world will celebrate. All your friends and family say, great job but you still feel unfulfilled and you still feel like you're not enough. And so self-worth is the one thing that, that changes everything. And, you know, I go into 20 tools on how to build it. Probably my favorite one is actually learning to believe God's word mm. over your own self-doubt and thoughts in your head. Um, because so many of us, you know, there's a whole chapter on this and worthy, but I'll speak for myself. There are so many years of my life where I say I believe God's word and that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I doubt I'm qualified enough to walk into a room or I, mm. I, I, I doubt I have what it takes to share my idea. Or, And it's like, okay, well, in those moments, I'm actually trusting my own thoughts and doubting God's word. So I actually don't have self-doubt in those moments. I'm trusting my, my, my thoughts. I actually have God doubt in those moments. And for me, learning to ask myself, who am I going to, who am I really doubting? And who am I going to choose to believe? Like that is how I have also raised my self-worth and, and felt worthy of walking into rooms, of, of holding a CEO title, of running a billion dollar business, of all of those things. So yeah, I'm fired mm. up. I'm fired up, but I'm so excited about this topic because it's just truly for everybody. Well, Jamie, I got to tell you, you wrote a gem and I'm going to mm. share this book, not only read it, but share it. And I want to thank you for your time today. The book is called Worthy. It's available everywhere. How to Believe You Are Enough and Transform Your Life. And I love the the practical tools and the clarity you bring. And Jamie, uh, I know a lot of our leaders listening know who you are, but they may not follow you on social or have checked out your website. What's an easy place to find you online these days? Yeah, so jamiekernlima.com, or I'm on Instagram a lot at jamiekernlima, mm -hmm. and then um, worthybook.com for all the places you can pick up your copy of Worthy. And you know, I'm donating 100% of the proceeds of the book. This is just honestly, like feels like my life's greatest work. Um, mm. One of our mutual friends, you're in my mutual friend, Rory Vaden, once said oh, yeah. that in, in life, we're, we're best positioned to serve the person we once were. And I believe that this is still a, a journey. It'll be a lifelong journey for me, but I sure have learned a whole lot about how to overcome self-doubt and build self-worth. And so I just, I feel so called and just blessed and excited to just share these tools um, 
with everybody who has ever, like who has some self-doubt to destroy and a destiny to fulfill because that self-doubt will kill our vision, our leadership, our all of it. And it is a lie that we have to unlearn. And I want to show you something fun really fast yeah, just yeah, to show you because do. the hardcover um, is, everything's out now and I'm so excited. And I actually did this old school library card. You did it. I was looking card. for it. Okay. So I've got an advanced <laughs> yeah. reader copy. So show yes. us. Yes. Yeah. So this is like an old school library card. And I literally, you know, you know, I'm donating 100% of the proceeds. Yeah. What I imagine with this is when you get your book and I know a lot of people will highlight it, so you won't want to give it away. But if you can give it away or share it, write your name in the book and then pass it along to another person who you know, whew, if they just learn to believe they are as incredible as God knows they are, as you know they are, um, that it would take their whole life, leadership, relationships you know, all of it to the next level, then, sh- then share your book. So that's why I did the library card in the back. I love so. that. And all of a sudden I'm in uh, ninth grade again. That's fantastic. Yes. Down at the library, this, right? But this time we're raising our hand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, you know what? Yes. Back to where we started, like this has hit the mailbox of what, 91, 83, 71% of everybody listening. And I imagine even more because I often find the people who have accomplished the most also have great self-doubt, imposter syndrome, all of the above with it. And we try to strive and lead our way out of that insecurity, and it's never enough. So I'm grateful for your contribution. Jamie, I've loved the conversation we've had in real life. Hopefully we'll see you at the Global Leadership Summit again this summer. Thank you so much for sharing so generously with our podcast listeners today too and the leaders. Appreciate Mm -hmm. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. See you soon. (laughs) You betcha. Well, I'm so glad that she included us in the list of the shows that she was doing, and I hope you got a lot out of it. Her book really is great, and I'm already sharing it with people who are close to me. And today's episode is brought to you by the Art of Leadership Academy. Hey, do you want to have a conversation? I get those DMs all the time. You know where I'm having them? In the Art of Leadership Academy. That's where you need to go if you want to talk to me, and I will coach you. And I have a team of other leaders who will help as well. And this is the practical resource, guidance, and connections you probably can't find anywhere else. We're a broad group of people who have really great ideas, and we'd love to share them with you and also get your input. So go to theartofleadershipacademy.com. You'll get instant access to all of my training, all my courses, and a lot more in a private online community at theartofleadershipacademy.com. Glue wants to help you make Easter an experience, not just a service, not just a weekend. And they want to do the heavy lifting for you to help you focus on connecting with people, visitors, and your community. So if you're ready to make Easter more than a service, make it an experience by going to glue.us slash marketplace. That's G-L-O-O dot U-S slash marketplace. Well, we got a great lineup of guests coming up. And next episode, Craig Grishel shares the three things that are growing right now at Life Church and why he's so happy about where they've landed after the pandemic, his best advice for leaders in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and the power of pre-decisions and batch decision-making. Also coming up, Cal Newport, Jenny Allen, Shauna Pilgreen, Willie and Corey Robertson, John Tyson, Rich Birch, Will Gadara, and a whole lot more super excited for everything that we've got coming down the podcast. Hey, if this has meant something to you, I would love for you to share it with a friend and just text them the link or you can share it. We always send out an email with it, et cetera, et cetera. You know what to do. And then leave a rating and review. When you do that, I'll tell you what happens. We 
really appreciate it because other people hear about the podcast and we're able to get on the short list of people like Jamie Kern Lima when you do that. So that's how it works. Thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have linked to another episode that you might enjoy in the description. So just scroll below and you'll see a bunch of links, including one to an episode that we have curated, especially for those of you who enjoyed this one. Now, one final thing I'd love to give you, and that is my free newsletter delivered every Friday called On The Rise. About 100,000 leaders get it every single Friday, and I curate content on faith and culture, the future church, and other really interesting topics, like where did all the dialects and accents in America come from? Uh, Linking to that. Also linking to what pastors hate about their job, uh, the latest data, the latest surveys, latest trends, all of that. And there's so much information out there. Why not get just a handful of the best links of the week every Friday in your inbox for free. Go to ontherisenewsletter.com and join the leaders who get it every single Friday. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Let me know what you think of the shorter format too. Shoot us a note at carrie at carrienewhoff.com. You know what I found? People engage the short episodes and the ultra long ones at about the same rate. But if you get a different take, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much, everybody. And I hope today's episode helped you identify and break a growth barrier you're facing. 